Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. I want to read from Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 14. We're going to continue our series on famous last words. And um, Pastor Tanner had just done a tremendous job in teaching about the churches. And one of the churches is the church in Laodicea. And I wanted to come back to that today. We're going to read through verse 14 through 20. But then I want to look specifically at 19 and 20. And I'm I'm reading from my Bible. I actually got this Bible when I was 20. It's got duct tape all over it. My best friend gave it to me. They said, if your Bible's falling apart, your life isn't, right? So, um, and I love the digital stuff, but this ain't nothing like a good Bible, right? Just the smell and everything. And I just love my Bible. I need to probably get a new one. I'm with you, Pastor Nicole. I, I'm like, <laughs> this, I can't see it. <laughs> so starting in verse 14, to the church in Laodicea, to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, these are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds. Somebody say God knows. that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Last thing I want to do is make God sick. You ever heard, had somebody say that? God, you make me sick. That's pretty rough. Lord, let, let us never make you sick. You say I'm rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched. Lord, help us to see. Are we pitiful, poor, blind, and naked? Man, Jesus just, he's not beating around the bush. He's like, you're wretched, you're pitiful, you're poor. (laughs) But what I love, you'll see in 19, he does it in love, right? I love the honesty of our God. You're pitiful, you're poor, you're blind and naked. Thanks. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put over your eyes so you can see. And this is where I I love. Those who I love, I rebuke and discipline. How many are thankful for the rebuke of Jesus? <laughs> and how many are thankful for the discipline of Jesus? He does it because he loves us. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone, somebody say anyone, hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. I just want to share a few thoughts just for a few moments on this uh, Revelation 3. 
Somebody say the invitation. Thank you, good sir. You're awesome. So in Revelation 3, starting at verse 14, John is writing to the church of Laodicea. The church of Laodicea was positioned in a heavily resourced area. Sounds a lot like America. You need a cheeseburger, you just pick. (laughs) You need a battery, you pick. If you need a grocery store, you pick. If there's certain kind of clothes, especially in Texas, we don't just have targets, we have super targets, right? And there's like five of them in a five mile radius and they all have Starbucks in them, right? I didn't know that Target had groceries until we came to Texas. I was like, what is this place? There's groceries, honey. So they lived comfortable lives. As a result, they became prideful in their ability to provide, uh, or their ability to provide for themselves. The attitude of self-sufficiency spilled over into the church. They thought they were good to go. They had it all together. And in a harsh but loving way, (laughs) you're pitiful, you're naked, you're blind, you're poor. Jesus points out their weakness and tells them they've pretty much become useless. You're neither hot nor cold, so you make me sick. They are stuck in neutral, and now they have a choice. Will they let go and give in to Jesus, or will they go on with their self-sufficient ways? Will they admit that they need Jesus, that they're lost without him, that they're desperate for him? Or will they leave him on the outside so they can maintain their status quo? I want to read Revelation 3, 19 and 20 one more time. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I want to encourage you today that he wants to be a part of every opportunity of your life. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to do life with you, not just to be put on a shelf and only taken out on Sundays, on Wednesday nights, or when you really, really, really need him. He wants to be at the center of it all. Somebody say the center. This image of Jesus in Revelation 3, 19 and 20, standing at a door Knocking is actually a really interesting picture. It's a picture that would be familiar to anyone in our culture. We all live in a house, and in order to get in that house, you got to go through a door, right? And normally our doors are locked, dead bolted, and we got an eye ring or some kind of device out there so we can see who comes to our door. It's a picture that would be familiar to all of us. It's an image of someone wanting to come in, to come in and have dinner, have lunch, have breakfast, have coffee, to spend time with you, to come in and have relationship with you. It would be considered rude and inhospitable to not let them in. And so this image to the church of Laodicea is actually a punch in the gut. 
Because the church has left Jesus standing outside of the door. Why is he outside? Why does he have to knock? Why does the creator, our beloved, our friend, our redeemer have to stand outside the door and knock? Why isn't the door open? But here comes classic Jesus giving us an invitation again and again and again and again. I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone, anyone, anyone just hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I heard something beautiful this week in conversation about revival. It was said that God brings the fire and we are to tend the fire as the church, amen? amen? But if we are not allowing God to bring the fire, then what are we tending? We not dwell, but a lot of churches are pursuing programs over presence. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with programs. We need programs. We need Bible study. We need structure. But if the foundation is not the presence of the Lord, then what are we tending? What are we growing? God brings the fire. We tend the fire. But if he's not bringing the fire, then what are we tending? We're leaving him outside of the door. And we've not only left him outside of the church, but have we left him outside of our lives? We go to church and we spend time with Jesus, but we go home and spend no time with Jesus. We shut the door behind us on Sunday you know, you come to church, you get your praise on, you go get some chicken and I don't, whatever you eat, you take a nap, you shut the door behind you, whatever, and you, a lot of us shut Jesus off the rest of the week. Have we left him outside of our lives? But maybe we, we've brought him into our homes, but we haven't let him into our jobs. We haven't let him into our families, our relationships, or maybe we, we pray with our family, but we haven't left it, let him into our finances. Look at every area of your life. If we let Jesus into our hearts, then we're inevitably letting, letting him into the church. So where is he in your heart? Where is he in your mind? Where is he in every opportunity of your life? I love that Jesus uses the picture of a door, and a door is usually an opening to a home. Now, in our home, we have an HOA. Either you love them or you hate them. They have a whole Facebook page that just bashes our HOA. I'm like, I'm never joining that HOA. I'm just going to be quiet. It's like, it's like that, that, they call it a GIF or a GIF, what are those called? Okay, the one with Michael Jackson eating the popcorn, you know? I'm just, I'm just consistently watching the comments like, wow. So HOA represents a homeowners association. But I believe Jesus wants us to have an HOA. The ability to hear, the ability to open, and the ability to abide. Hear, open, and abide. Somebody say HOA. HOA. And it's free. 
You ain't got to pay a monthly cost. You're like, man, I'm in. 50 bucks a month, 75, 100, what are we doing here? It's free. Anyone, somebody say anyone. anyone. That has the ability to HOA, hear, open, and abide. I'm going to come back to that. But if we look in Revelation 3, 19, I want you to know that as it said here in Revelation 3, 19, let's go back to it real quick. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Be thankful that he's still rebuking and he's still disciplining because that means he loves you. I'm thankful for that. It's hard. I didn't like getting whoopings growing up, but I'm thankful for him now being 42 that I didn't go off the wrong path. Amen. And I will gladly give my child a whooping. They haven't got whoopings in forever. They're great. My kids are doing really good right now. We've, we're going on several years with no whoopings. The Bible says, spare the rods, pull the child, right? And I love my children, therefore I discipline them and I rebuke them. So this love here in Revelation 19 is a, a philios love. It's a, it's a love of a friend. It's a fect, an, an affectionate love. I couldn't get that word out. But he's coming to you as a friend. He's coming to you as that video said, there's no greater love than this, than a friend who would lay down their life for another. He's coming to you with this affectionate love, wanting to rebuke you. That word rebuke there means to expose. What are you hiding? Why are you got the door locked? I don't like it when my kids lock the door. That's right. You will open this door. I will take the knob off. You, what are you hiding? He wants to expose all of that. That's why he rebukes. It means to expose. A lot of times we hear rebuke as, hey, stop. He rebuked me. Sometimes it's just, hey, I know that secret. Let me have that. And you're so embarrassed by it. But he, he's doing it because he loves you. He loves you, so he rebukes you. And then not only does he expose it, he doesn't just put it on the table and say, yeah, look what I found. <laughs> He, he does what? He disciplines, which means to train up. Yeah. He wants to take your weakness because in your weakness, he is made strong and he wanted, wants to train you, to discipline you, to grow you in that area. That's why he needs to expose it. If I don't shed light on it, I can't have it. And if I can't have it, I can't fix it. So he rebukes me because he loves me. He disciplines me because he loves me. And I love here in verse 19, so be earnest. Earnest goes to camp. Y'all remember those movies? He's not saying be earnest. He's saying be zealous. Be anticipating. Be ready to what? To repent. And as Pastor David shared a few weeks ago, just to think differently. That's what the re repent means. It means just think differently. It means you're going this way. Stop and go this way. Yeah. Some of us are going. <laughs> or we're doing this. <laughs> just stop and go the other way. That's what it means to repent. Yeah. You know, maybe, I don't know. I feel like a bad dad sometimes. Well, my kids are so they always apologize on their own, and I love that about them. And I'm like, I, I receive your apology, but the best thing we can do is change. I appreciate what you say, but I really want to know what you're going to do. 
Now, saying it is something you're doing, and so I appreciate that. But what are we going to do from here? We want to be zealous to think differently, zealous to change. So here he goes into verse 12. He says, here I am. Somebody say, here I am. If you read a King James Bible, say, behold. That's what it says there in King James. Behold. Dun, da, da, da. I stand at the door and I knock. I love that Jesus is at the door. Just those few words in verse 20, here I am. I love just those three, three words right there. He's Emmanuel. He is God with us. If you ever wonder, is he there? Go to Revelation 3.20 and read those first three words. Here I am. God, are you there? Here I am. Do you, are you even real? Here I am. Are you listening? Here I am. What are you going to do? Here I am. Here I am. He's present. Anybody thankful that Jesus is present? Yes. Woo! And he says what? He stands at the door. Now see, a lot of times we would use this scripture in Revelation 3.20 for a time to give your heart to Christ for the first time. You've heard Jesus knocking. Let him in. Come down to the altar. Let him in your heart today. How do you remember the day you got saved? How do you remember? And the, the knocks, <laughs> the knocks that led up to that moment. But I, I believe there's more than one door. I believe that every day is a door. I believe that every opportunity is a door. A door represents opportunity. Somebody say opportunity. Every opportunity. When you go to Target, you have an opportunity. When you go to Walmart, you have an opportunity. When you go to Tom Thumb, I always walk by that place. I'm like, how, how did they come up with the name Tom Thumb? My favorite one is Nothing Bunt Cakes. I, I always say, like, can you imagine them in a meeting? Guys, we're going to start a business. It's Nothing But Bunt Cakes, and we're going to call it Nothing Bunt Cakes. We're going to change the world. One Bunt Cake at a time. But wherever you walk into, it's an opportunity. It's a door. It's a, it's a place that you have the ability to hear Jesus, to let him in, and abide with him. So the door represents opportunity. He wants into your heart. He wants into your mind. He wants into everything, not just once, but every day. A lot of times people say, Pastor John, how are you so bold? You just pray for people everywhere. It's not about boldness. It's about my ability to hear Jesus. Jesus says, pray for that person. We're sitting at um, Bonefish a few weeks ago, and Jesus goes, I'm eating, Jesus. Okay, come on in. I hear you. I let you in. What do you want? I want you to pray for your waiter. Okay, let's go. Hey, man, do you know Jesus? Can I pray with you? You know, and it's like, actually, yeah, I've been having some physical things and da-da-da. I'm like, Jesus knows. That's why he came knocking, right? There was an opportunity there, not just one opportunity, but every opportunity. How are you so bold? I just have the ability to hear. And then to be able to hear him and then also say what he wants me to say. Speak what he wants me to speak. Do what he wants me to do. So he says, here I am, I stand at the door at an opportunity, and he knocks. Somebody say knock. knock. 
Now, maybe for some of you, it was an actual knock. You heard a knock. I've heard of people like hearing a knock before. But I believe the knock represents a sound. Somebody say a sound. Or represent the voice of Jesus. And you know how he speaks to you. How does he speak to us? What does his voice sound like? Any gut people in here, you just, you feel it? You, is it weird to say I can hear him in my gut? Right? I like, how do you hear God? Right here. Or how many have ever heard an audible voice? Don't do that. Anybody heard that? Or how many have looked at the sun and God spoke through some kind of sunset or sunrise or moon or star or creation? How many have heard Jesus through creation? Now, let me show you something really cool. This, this is one of the best ways you can hear Jesus. Ready? Watch this. This is the best way to hear him through the word. How many hear him through the word? He is the living word and he speaks to us every day. It doesn't have to be an audible voice. It doesn't have to be. It's good that it is those things, but he's already speaking through this. So how does he speak to you? And then the question is, what do you do when you hear him? So here's my thing. I like, I am an extrovert, if y'all didn't know that. But I also recharge as an introvert. Like I meet a point and I got to go to my room and plug in like a Tesla, right? I've got to, to get away and rest, right, honey? <laughs> like we'll have people over to our house and then there's a point that I, where'd John go? And I'm just in the room, just all by myself, flipping channels or, because that's how, I recharge and I love having people over to my home, but I also like my privacy. How many would say my home or your home is your sanctuary where you find peace? All right. And I don't know about you, but if someone unscheduled knocks at my door, um, we all have different responses, right? <laughs> Some of us, we freak out like life is good. You got up, got your coffee. It's Saturday. You know, you're watching Saved by the Bell. I don't know what you're watching. And everything's good. And then all of a sudden, turn it off. Turn the TV off. Turn it off. Everybody down. Get down. And you sit and you wait. Did they leave? Did they leave? I don't know. Shh. Okay, I think we're good. Get down again. Get down. Get down. Some of us, y'all remember when the Jehovah's Witness were like on point back in the 80s and 90s? Like, oh God. What I loved is when they came to my house, my dad was never, if they knocked on the door, he was like, I mean, pajamas and everything, opening the door. They're, they're like, hey, have you, can we tell you about, no, can I tell you about Jesus Christ? Literally, they would like, sir, we have to go. No, one more scripture, come on. One more scripture, come on. No, we really have to go. No, come on, come on, come on. They're like pulling up. Let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> but we all have different responses depending on our home and our privacy. Some of us hide, ignore it. Some of us boldly answer. Some of us crack the door and we lie. Hey, I got something to do. I, I just, I don't have time. Okay, bye-bye. 
How many have ever done that, be honest with you? Like they've opened the door and they're like, hey, can I tell you about this gas or water? Can I check your water? Or do you need some cookies? Or can I check your lawn? Or there's all these kind of random things and everything is a conspiracy, right? Everyone that comes to your door is a conspiracy. They're trying to take your social security, find out your mother's maiden name, and they're trying to steal everything from you. That's what happens. And you're just like, cracking up. But now we live in a society, we can, we got our eye ring or our um, digital doorbell that we can see. And it's like, hello? No. We're all bold when they can't see our face. No, go away. Is your name Amazon? Then leave. We all have different responses to when people knock on our doors. And if we think about it, how do we respond if Jesus, in a loving way, is coming to rebuke and discipline, and you're doing life self-sufficient like the church of Laodicea, and he comes, get down, Jesus is at the door. Hide. Shh. I don't want him to expose that area of my heart. I don't want to change. Or some of us are blatant. You know those blatant people. They know it's Jesus at the door. And they're like, go away. No. (laughs) That was awesome. Think about it. When Jesus knocks, how do we respond? So one thing for me, I love my home. I love having guests at my home, but I want to know when you're coming. Why? So I can clean. (laughs) Sometimes the only time we clean is when we have people over. How many give me amen? Sometimes I invite people over just so we'll clean. Man, we need a good cleaning. Hey, Zira, you want to come over? I want to have time to sweep, mop. I mean, unless you're like my mom, like every week we're sweeping, we're mopping, we're changing sheets. We're, you know, I've, I've slept in sheets for weeks. <laughs> Y'all know it's real. We want time to clean, to mop, to empty the garbage, to light some candles, put on some worship music so you can walk into my home and say, John's got it together. Man, he's clean. If his floors are clean, his heart must be clean. Right? We know we all do it because our home represents us. He wants in. And, and we'll clean for our friends, but I won't clean my closet for you. Because you ain't going back in my bedroom. You can come into my home, but you're not going to get in that place and look around in those things because I haven't had time to fix those and I need to fix those and I'm self-sufficient and I'm prideful and I'm comfortable. I am the church of Laodicea. Y'all will go home and clean your closets today, right? I'm getting in my underwear drawer, my sock drawer. How many of you actually dust behind the TV stand, right? You've cleaned everything, but man, there's like two inches of dust right behind. I haven't hit that one in a while. <laughs> Listen, we should always be ready. Always be ready for the knock of Jesus. And no matter the condition of our home, our hearts, our mind, at the time of the knock, let him in. 
Let him in. He only knocks because he loves you. Jesus not only wants to come into your home, he wants to come into every room of your home and every opportunity of your life. Many people in my neighborhood have no soliciting signs. Have you put up a no soliciting sign? Don't come. That's pretty much saying don't knock on my door. Don't, unless I ordered you, unless I ordered pizza, unless I you know, ordered something from Amazon. We get excited to open the door when we know a package is coming. We get excited to open the door when we know uh, that um, Uber Eats is coming, right? Because we know what to expect. We want those good things. But when Jesus wants to come in and say, I want to expose that and use that because I love you. I want to be with you. So just a few thoughts. If anyone... Hears, opens, and abides. Anyone is everyone. Anyone is everyone. That is all of us. And all you have to do is have the ability to hear. John 10. Can we pull up that scripture in John 10, verse 2? Uh, I may have given you the wrong scripture. Sorry. Let me find this one that I sent you. Okay, the one I meant to do was, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Do you know the voice of Jesus? Some of you may not know the knock, but some of you know the knock and ignore the knock. It starts with an ability to hear. And you know the voice of Jesus because you spend time with Jesus. I know the voice of my children. I could be in a room full of parents and a room full of kids. But when my three children say, dad, I know it's my children. And when I call their names, they know it's me because they know my voice. Because of the time we have, the relationship we have, they know my voice. And I don't always have to yell. You only yell at something you're far away from. If Sophia was standing right here, I wouldn't say, Sophia! I'd say, Sophia, do you know his voice? But think of all the voices that are out there in the world today. I've been caught scrolling, 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 scrolling. Scroll, scroll, and then 5, 10, 15, 20, and then I'm hearing something from this video and this news channel and this person and this comment section, and then the HOA that they're blasting on that page, and it's all these voices competing, but then not only what I'm scrolling, but then what I'm watching, not only watching the, the, the conversations I'm having, but also what I'm thinking and the insecurities and the fear and the doubt and anxiety, all these things. It's like, can, can I hear Jesus amongst all of that? So HOA, our ability to hear, we hear him when we spend time with him. We get more used to his voice the more time we spend listening to him. Listen, prayer is a two-way conversation. We talk too much. Yes, we need to talk to Jesus. Yes, we need to tell him all about our troubles. Y'all know that song. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. Shut up and listen. You might get an answer. 
I don't know about you, but if I asked Pastor David a question, Pastor David, can I, can I do this? Or what do you think about this? And then I just go on and keep asking and go on to something else or just walk away. Have I left an opportunity for him to answer, for him to speak? As much time as you spend talking to God, I think you should spend more time listening to God. How do we hear his voice? By spending time listening to him. Because when my sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. Number two, and you can come on up to the piano. One thing to hear the voice of the Lord. Some of us know his voice. We know him in our gut. We know him in creation. We know, we know. Oh, I know. You ever talk to somebody that's not going to church anymore, not living right anymore, and they sit down and say, I know, I know. I know, I know, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know. So our ability to hear is there, but do we have the ability to open? HOA, hear, open, abide, open, open. When he knocks, do you open? When you gave your heart to the Lord, you open, but every morning when he knocks, do you open? Every opportunity, when you need to apologize to your wife, do you open? When you need to apologize to your kids, do you open? When you need to do something at your work or share the gospel or give something or let go of something, do you open the door? To me, that's what opening the door means. Open equals obedience. I hear your voice, but when I open the door, I'm saying I'm open. I'm exposed. Open. Wrote a song several years ago, said, speak, oh, speak, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Speak, oh, speak, Holy Spirit, here I am, I'm open. Open, I'm open, I'm open. I hear you, but I take another step and I open the door. Why don't we open the door? Here's a few thoughts, because we're lazy. I mean, I'm, I'm pointing at you, but I have three in my palm pointing back at me. <laughs> There's times I hear God. I'm like, I'd rather watch Marvel right now. I'd rather watch this movie. I'd ra- I've done that before. Can I be honest with you and say I've done that before? I'm going to say I've done that before. I've heard the Lord say, go pray, and I ignored it because I was lazy. I didn't want to change. I was prideful. I don't want to see who I really am because I'm embarrassed and I don't want to work. I don't want to change. Those he loves, he exposes and disciplines. We open the door and not just the door of our main room, But as I talked about earlier, like, don't go in my closet. Don't go in my sock drawer. Don't go in that because we we were in a hurry because we wanted to get it all perfect for you in the area you would be in. But don't go in that area. Some of you are living right and doing great things, but there's things you've pushed down so deep in your heart, in your mind. You've pushed it in the closet and there's going to come a point you can't put any more in there. It's going to bust out and spill all over the place. There's so many things you've hidden that are unorganized, that need to be cleaned up. 
And we think because we tithe and we show up and we serve and we lift our hands and we tell two or three people, but if God is asking for more and there's still things in our heart we've pushed away, we haven't given him access, not just to come into our home, but to come into every opportunity, every room, every space, every place, expose it and discipline me. I am zealously repenting. Here, open, but here's what I love. God's not coming in and like, wow, I see you, you're exposed. And he, he wants to come in and be with you. Yeah. I love that song, this is how I fight my battles. There is a table. He wants to come in, put that tablecloth over your table, go up in your cabinets, put out like, I want to spend time with you. Communion. I want to break bread with you. I want to drink wine with you. I want to be, I want to be together. I love this. Not only do you get to eat with him, but here's Jesus's perspective. I get to eat with you. He says, I get to eat with you. Not only do you get to eat with me, I get to eat with you. What does he say there in Revelation 20? If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I get to eat with you and you get to eat with me. This is awesome. I love that. He wants to spend time with you. You are the apple of his eye. You are wanted. You are not a to-do list to Jesus. You are not his special project. He just wants to be with you. You get to eat with him and he gets to eat with you. And so every opportunity, can you hear him? Do you open the door and we get to abide? And I wanna encourage you with this and I'm gonna let you go. Time with Jesus is never wasted. Time with Jesus is never wasted. If he knocks and you open, just know in that moment, you're going to get something. No, there is change coming. There is glory coming. There are, there's favor. Every time you hear him and open the door, time with Jesus is never wasted. My favorite story, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is, is Zacchaeus. Y'all know Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree to see what he could see. And I don't remember the rest of the song, but you know that Jesus says, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house today, you know. I love that Zacchaeus was a tax collector. If you get time, go to Luke 19 verses 1 through 10. He was a, a tax collector who had stolen from the community, who had stolen from the place of Jericho. He was a bad man, an evil man, but I believe something was knocking on his heart. And so what does he do? In anticipation, goes and climbs a tree just to see Jesus, just to hear Jesus. And what does Jesus do? Out of all the hundreds, if not thousands of people who were out there that day in Luke 19, he says, hey, Zacchaeus, you, I want to go to your house today. 
Zach is keeping like, you ain't coming over. I ain't clean. Or you ain't coming over. I'm the tax collector that everybody despises. You want to spend time with me? And we know that they go into the house. But what happens in the house? All we know is they go in and they come out. And what does Zacchaeus say? Look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. What did Jesus say? Were they playing Monopoly? Fortnite? Did he lay his hands on? What did they do in there? All I know is they were together. And when you spend time with Jesus, Zacchaeus goes in one way, in his home, Jesus comes in and he is a, a stealer, a thief. He is prideful. He is the church of Laodicea. And just time with Jesus says, I'm giving half of my possessions away. Not be, something was exposed and he was trained. And he stepped out and he says, I'm giving it back. And not only did the change affect him, but it affected his community economically. It changed a city. It didn't just change a family, it changed a city. Just spending time with Jesus. You read a story like that and I look back, what have I missed out on? When I was busy watching my movie and he asked me to go in there, would something have changed in that moment? Would something, but it all, it's the HOA. Somebody say HOA. Our ability to hear, our ability to open, and getting to abide. Abide. So I just want to have a, just a quick time of prayer. And every head up, every eye open, we're not going to do something too crazy. But I just want to challenge you that if you have heard the knock and ignored the knock, maybe this morning you ignored it, maybe this week, I don't know. But if you've heard the knock and ignored the knock and missed a chance to abide with him, Will you zealously repent? Will you say, God, I'm sorry. And when I hear you the next time, I'm going to open the door of my heart. If that's you, would you lift your hand in this room? Because he loves us. That conviction you're feeling is because he loves you. He's tapping on your heart. Say, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. If you have your hand raised, just keep it raised and I wanna pray for you. Lord, those people who have their hand raised today, we thank you that we have the ability to hear you. Now give us the boldness to open the door and to abide with you, to get to be with you, to get to spend time with you and whatever you have to expose, expose. And whatever you have to discipline and train up, train up, we zealously repent. And so today, we, we go after you. We go after you. And really quick, before we leave, every head bowed, every eye closed. If today you have not let Jesus in your heart, this would be the first time he's been knocking. Or maybe you need to recommit your life to Christ and you need to let him back in. You want to give your heart to Jesus. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord. Would you raise your hand with every head bowed, every eye closed? Is that you today? 
you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or maybe the 20th time. It doesn't matter. It only takes one time. Anyone? Anyone? Everyone pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my door. <laughs> come into my home. I confess with my mouth and I believe that you are the son of God. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me and lead me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just thank God that he is a God who knocks and doesn't stop knocking? I love you guys. Thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.